Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and this is Arcana Advances. Follow along as we explore all renal research happenings at Arcana Laboratories. Hello, welcome to Arcana Advances, where we discuss exciting new research in renal pathology performed by our own physicians. I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and today we have Dr. Tiffany Kaza, who will be discussing her recent article in Kidney 360 titled, Glomerular Disease and Temporal Association to SARS-CoV-2 Vaccination, a Series of 29 Cases. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Kaza. Thanks for having me, Dr. May. We have a few prior episodes of the podcast, which review the effects of COVID-19 infection in the kidney which include the first published case report of collapsing glomerulopathy in COVID-19, now termed COVAN. COVID has been of strong research interest here at Arcana as we have unfortunately seen so many cases of COVID-19 infection leading to kidney disease. In this article, instead of looking at COVID-19 infection, you investigated the effects of COVID-19 vaccination on the kidney. Can you tell us about what spurred you to look at this topic? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, One of our kidney pathologists showed a case in conference showing minimal change disease that came almost immediately after the patient was vaccinated um, with full nephrotic syndrome and anasarca happening within a couple of days. Um, Following that, we had a case of IgA nephropathy and then of collapsing glomerulopathy, and we wondered if there was an association with vaccination and the immune response to the vaccination. We were hoping that this is a rare incidence, and in fact it is, uh, at least from what we're seeing. But there have been several other cases, primarily case reports, in which vaccines such as the influenza vaccine have been associated with glomerular disease. So we wanted to further investigate this, especially in a time where there's max vaccination worldwide, probably... Um, the best example of a population being vaccinated. Yeah, so we discussed in our conferences at work to really start watching out for these cases. If um, nephrologists were letting us know that this happened close to vaccination, starting to document these. So after, after we started discussing it, we started putting together more and more cases and bringing them to you. And We know the association with immune responses to immunizations, including flu vaccine, like you said. And I I do just want to make it very clear that we are in full support of COVID vaccination. But as scientists and physicians, we really want to investigate and report on any possible side effects of the vaccine so that the scientific and medical community is informed. Can you discuss the potential mechanisms for an autoimmune response to a vaccine like the COVID vaccine? Absolutely. And I'm 100% supportive of vaccination, too, especially in kidney disease patients, as it's been shown for patients developing acute kidney injury that there is increased in-hospital death and overall morbidity from COVID, as well as patients with pre-existing chronic kidney disease. The dialysis population is at risk, um, particularly in those in in in-center hemodialysis as well as transplant patients that are already immunocompromised to begin with. Okay, so some mechanisms for the immune response. Um, We don't have really any animal models or work to fully determine what the mechanisms are. However, there could be molecular mimicry in patients who have genetic susceptibility. One example is patients that carry 2 APOLA1 risk alleles, and having a 
type 1 interferon response from COVID itself or potentially from the COVID vaccine could potentially trigger APOA1 nephropathy. We've only seen this in a couple of cases, luckily, compared to COVAN that has unfortunately been rampant and our leading cause of collapsing glomerulopathy recently. Another potential mechanism is that you form a mucosal response in which there's primarily IgA early in a response to vaccine, and this could result in IgA nephropathy in patients who have underlying oglycosylation defects in IgA. Yeah, so there's a lot of different mechanisms, right, by which this could occur. Yeah, a lot of proposed mechanisms, at least. Yeah, yeah. And so when you were collecting these cases, um, what were your criteria for case selection? So we looked at cases of patients that had symptoms almost immediately following COVID vaccination and then were biopsied within a month after their first or second dose of vaccine. Some patients weren't biopsied immediately, such as patients who developed IgA nephropathy that had some hematuria and then later developed, you know, came to clinical attention. For patients who had a previous diagnosis of glomerulonephritis, we were very careful in whether to include them or not, um, as it could be an exacerbation outside of COVID-19. And we don't want to blame the vaccine for true, true, unrelated cases, in which, honestly, these could all be true, true, unrelated, although others have um, described this temporal correlation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very true, though, in a period of mass vaccination that it's hard to prove causality. And none of these patients had prior COVID-19 infection, which I think is important. That's true. Or a documented history of COVID-19 infection. So you looked at cases during a six-month period, and how many cases did you find? Uh, So luckily, we only found 29 cases, and overall, we had at Arcana read about 10,000 biopsies, so this was very rare. We had 28 of the 29 cases of patients that had a new onset of kidney disease, and one case from a recurrent ankyovasculitis um, that was in close temporal association to the vaccine. Overall in the literature, um, there has been about half of cases of new onset and half of recurrent described within case reports and in series. Um, I think that we're, we weren't seeing this distribution because we were just super careful in who we included um, mm-hmm. and probably have a low sensitivity because of that. Mm-hmm. In that group of 29 patients, um, what sort of vaccines were they receiving? Because we all know there's different, um, you know, there's mRNA vaccines and adenoviral vaccines out currently available. Absolutely. Of the 29 cases, 27 were messenger RNA vaccinated patients, Mm -hmm. um, including the Moderna or the Pfizer formulation. At this time, and it was earlier in the time of vaccination, um, these were the primary forms in the United States. I guess they're still currently the primary forms in the United States, but adenoviral vaccines were utilized less commonly. There were also one patient that had a Johnson & Johnson vaccine, or the Jensen um, adenoviral formulation, as well as one that received the AstraZeneca vaccine that's also an adenoviral so it was a mix. It wasn't purely mRNA vaccines, but mostly, but likely due to those were the primary vaccines being administered at the time. Exactly. 
But of note, they have the same target, the SARS-CoV-2 S1 RBD domain of the spike protein. Um, so you're forming an immune response against the same part of the virus for all of these. And how did the patients initially present come to clinical attention? So this was varied, mainly on the diagnosis of glomerular disease that they had. Some patients had acute kidney injury with nephritic or nephrotic syndrome. Acute kidney injury with nephritic syndrome is most common in patients who had ANCA-associated glomerular nephritis. For patients with nephrotic syndrome, minimal change disease, as well as collapsing glomerulopathy, and a majority of patients did have acute kidney injury at their time of biopsy and probably the reason that they came to clinical attention. Mm-hmm. So then we got the biopsies from these patients and read them here at Arcana. So there was 29 cases, and what was the mix of diagnoses from those cases? Sure. Um, the most common diagnosis was actually IgA nephropathy um, with 10 of the 29 cases. There was minimal change disease in seven patients. Two had collapsing glomerulopathy. Six had a crescentric glomerulonephritis with positive vinca serology. Um, three had a membranous glomerulopathy, and one had a diffuse lupus nephritis. One of the patients with membranous glomerulopathy had EXT2 positivity, and one had PLA2R positivity. Um, so it's possible these are true, true run related. There was one that was negative for all of our known antigens, PLA2R, THSD7A, EXT, NL1, and NCAM. So this was a, a different spectrum of disease than we have been seeing with COVID-19 infection, right? We published a paper that will be a future episode of the podcast um, that shows collapsing and acute tubular injury is really the most common findings um, that we see in patients um, with COVID-19. So this is a little a little different. We, we didn't find that IgA was seen um, as frequently. I agree. And you would know more on this topic <laughs> as you did a deep dive in this area. Um, Dr. May was actually the first author on this paper and had led the effort that we'll talk about in a future episode. Yes. And we have our senior author on the podcast as well, which is <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, something else that you that you did, which I thought was interesting in this paper, was the two patients with collapsing. Um, you tested them for their ApoL1. And were they the high-risk genotype? Yes, so both patients had two ApoL1 risk alleles, um, and collapsing glomerulopathy most commonly is associated with ApoL1 high-risk alleles. Um, there are a couple other causes, but the vast majority um, do have this genotype, and both of those two patients did. So that sort of fits with what we think about collapsing, um, and we did see the same thing with COVID-19 infection that it happened in patients. Um, much more likely to happen if they had two ApoL1 high-risk alleles. So the the other really cool thing you did in this paper was compare the rates of these diseases that were coming up in vaccinated patients with pre-pandemic levels. And so what did you find when you compared to pre-pandemic rates? So we um, had looked at the frequency of various glomerular diseases, IgA nephropathy, minimal change disease, ankyovasculitis, uh, collapse in glomerulopathy, membranous glomerulopathy. So the diagnoses that were within this cohort. And none of them had any statistical significant increase. Um, 
they were incredibly similar to those that were within the vaccinated uh, cohort. So it's it's really hard to sort of show causality here, right? <laughs> because, um, you know, we really don't have a controlled population. Um, we're trying to link it temporally, but it's just very difficult. I agree. But also, it's promising that there's no surgence of cases of glomerular disease within this time of uh, mass vaccination. And so I think that was why we did these comparisons. Yes, exactly. I I do think that is um, somewhat reassuring that you didn't get a huge, I think we would have seen a much larger response if this was occurring at a higher frequency with vaccination with how common vaccination is in, you know, over half of the American population at this point. Totally. Um, and there has been a series to look at recurrence um, of IgA nephropathy, since that's kind of the most common form of vaccine-related glomerular disease. And there wasn't a huge population of IgA patients that had relapse. There were a few, mm-hmm. um, but there's a cohort out there. So there's something else that you've been working on that I'd love you to talk about a little bit, and that's the NIH registry for kidney disease and for COVID vaccination. Can you talk about what you're doing with that? Yeah, absolutely. So there was an NIH registry for patients who had glomerular disease associated with COVID-19 itself. And that effort was spearheaded by Dr. Meryl Wombin at the NIH. So I reached out to her if they were including vaccinated patients, and they weren't. So um, together um, with her and uh, Dr. Edward Lerma, we uh, created a red cap survey um, to look at vaccine-related kidney disease. We have over 60 patients in the registry currently, but we are recruiting for more, um, primarily because children weren't vaccinated during that period, and we want to earlier on, and we want to encompass both uh, children and adults to look at vaccine-associated glomerular disease, particularly mm. Because onset of minimal change disease and IgA nephropathy, our main findings, have a higher frequency in children, although I haven't seen a lot of reports with vaccine-associated kidney disease in that population, but Mm -hmm. it'll be helpful to follow somewhat further. And if a nephrologist wants to list one of their patients in the registry, how do they go about doing that? Um, So there is an NIH survey um, to evaluate this. And we would love to get more involvement. There's strength in numbers here. One institution can't show enough data. We try to get a good series together. But ultimately, we'd like an international effort. And this registry actually includes all countries. Um, So if there's people tuning in outside of the United Mm -hmm. States, please consider including your cases. And currently, there have been some international cases, especially with some wonderful collaborators in India. Mm. But we'll include the the link below the podcast um, to register your patients, and please consider doing that. It takes about five minutes, and it'll be really helpful for us. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kaza, for doing this research and coming on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Arcana Labs for more exciting kidney news and research. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rebecca May underscore RP. And Dr. Kaza, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, They can find me at at tiff underscore casa, and I love to hear from people, so please reach out if you'd like to. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.